message, Keys to Biblical Prosperity, uh, the word rich is not a dirty word, okay? <laughs> rich is not a dirty word. It's, it's, it's actually what God will call blessing. Amen? The first biblical principle we need to believe, or the uh, first thing we need to do, first key we need to accept is to believe that God wants to prosper you. You just have to believe that, regardless of what your state is. And when we're talking about prosperity, we're not just talking about money. It covers every single area of your life. Jesus came to give us abundant life. He said, I came that they may have life. That was the life we didn't have before he came. So life we didn't have before. Jesus came that we might have life. We're already alive. That's not what he's talking about. This is a different kind of life. He came that we might have the God kind of life. It's different from the life that you see or the life you had before you accepted Christ. But not only that. He came that we might have life, but also to have that life more abundantly. So we need to recognize that we need to believe that it's God's will to prosper us. Remember what I've been sharing on Sunday. The gospel of the kingdom of God has two parts to it. The first part is Jesus in your heart. That's what he came for. The Bible says the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Of his fullness we receive grace for grace. So there's grace and truth. The grace of God forgives your sins. You're going to heaven. Once you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're going to heaven. If you stay with him, surely you go to heaven. But living here on the earth, you need the truth. Because to be free, once you get to heaven, you're totally free. To be free indeed, that's what we're talking about earth here. But Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So the truth about prosperity, you need to know from God's word and settle it in your heart. God's will for me is to prosper. You have to know that. Because the Bible says, this book of the law, again, referring to his principles. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. So, it's a daily thing. Daily, you are affirming that God wants me to prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. This book of the law shall not depart from my mouth. But you must meditate in it day and night so you are able to do according to all that is written in it. And then it says, for then you will make, who will make your way prosperous? You will make your way prosperous. How? By the book of the law. By the book of the law, you get enough wisdom on the earth, not when, to, when you get to heaven, prosperity that God was talking about in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, he's talking about prosperity on the earth. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have what? Good success. Not just success. Good success. And God is not just kidding. He means business. 
If you stay with it and you find the truth, remember what Jesus said. He said the, the, the kingdom of God is like a man who is searching for good liberals. He found one in the field. He sold everything just to get that one. You can have just this one principle and decide this is from God for me. This is precious. I'm going to stay with it. I'm going to do what it says. And guess what? The word will make you. Because that's the way God created his world. With his words. And when you bring that word into your life, the Holy Spirit brings it alive. So that all will see. So what you are dealing with God in the secret place, your father who is in the secret place, hears and sees what you're doing in the secret place with the word of God. Nobody sees what you're doing with the word of God in your heart. But it's between you and your heavenly father in the secret place. That doesn't mean you have to lock yourself up in your closet all the time. I'll go pull you out from that place. Come out, we need you to do some work in church, okay? But you are in the secret place. And you are there ministering to yourself from the Word of God. And as you do that, your Father, who sees in secret, nobody knows what you're believing. Nobody sees what you're doing with the Word of God. He will reward you how? Openly. So people can see what you have been doing with Him secretly. So this book of the law must not depart from your mouth. In other words, what people should hear you say most of the time is what the book says, not what the doctor says, not what anyone else says, not opinions of men, because the opinions of of men are not supernatural. When you stay with the word of God, you have incorruptible seed, and remember that your words are seed. Your words will produce. And so when you you keep sowing those seed, there is harvest day is going to come. Harvest day is going to come by and by. And as you keep speaking, you're actually watering your seed and protecting your seed from time so that this seed will produce. So this book of the law must not depart from your mouth. You must meditate in it. In other words, military to yourself constantly. How often? Day and even in your sleep, you are saying, I don't care what they say. I know what the Bible says. It's running through your spirit because you go to sleep, but your spirit stays alive. That's why you dream. And some of the dreams come to pass. You never go to sleep. Your spirit doesn't go to sleep. Your body go- needs rest. Your spirit, he doesn't need rest. He wants to be all over the place. He wants to see the mountain top. So you got to keep your spirit alive and your spirit keeps thinking on the word of God, meditating on the word of God, speaking the word of God because you've put it down into your spirit and God will bring it by and by from the spirit realm inside you, the world will see. It's very, very important. This book of the law must not. That's what God says. That's the principle. So you will need to believe that. Now, I'm going to go to the second thing. The power to get wealth. What does this mean? Is there a power to get wealth on the earth? If I possess the power, will I truly get wealth? How can I find this power on the earth to, to get wealth? I mean, this is scripture. The power to get wealth is scripture. I'm not just conjuring a word. So wealth is very spiritual. Can I hear an amen? Wealth is very spiritual. It's not a dirty word. It came from God. Religion will tell you that's not a thing to talk about in church. 
But Jesus talked about it a lot. And we need to talk about it. Because faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. We need to know what the word says. We need to know the principles. And as you... Let me tell you something. When God begins to bless you in one area, it spreads to every other area. It doesn't stop. I don't want to hear that. I want to hear this. You're mistaken. We're dealing with one God. One word. He is the word of life. Amen? The words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. You can't contain the spirit of the word. It's spread from one area to different areas of your life. Bringing order. Bringing abundant life to every area of your life. God will not just bless you financially. It goes past that to your children, to your finances, your retirement, everything, your health, everything it touches. That's the God we serve. He doesn't want you to be enjoying life in one area and you're suffering in your marital life and relationships. You're no longer wealthy. (laughs) You're no longer wealthy. Every single area. In, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, the Bible says that Satan is the God of this world. And that's New Testament. So if the New Testament is saying Satan is the God of this world, Satan must really be a God in this world. But does he have control over the wealth of the world? And that's a good question. We have to go into the scriptures to find out if Satan really has control over the wealth of this world. And who has control? Who has the power to give to man to have wealth? Now, if you turn to Luke chapter 4, verse 5 and 7, and please look at this scripture very carefully, because it says, Then the devil, this is Jesus' temptation. It says, Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of of the world. Every kingdom of the world, he showed to Jesus. In a moment of time. It's like a vision. That Jesus, all of a sudden, Jesus was, many times people don't realize, or they don't want to realize, or don't want to accept that Jesus was just a man like you and I. We always think that he's a spirit. Or was a spirit. He wasn't a spirit. He was a real man. Just like you and I. In fact, after he rose, he was still a man. He made, them, he made it clear. He said, I'm not a spirit. He says, handle me. Spirits don't have bones. Like you see me here. He was a real man. Had feelings. He was a real natural man. So the devil tempted him. How? I don't even know. I don't understand that part. I'm not sure if Jesus saw him physically or in the spirit. I don't have a clue. But somehow he was able to take Jesus from the wilderness to some high mountain. And show Jesus the kingdom in a moment. And this is what he said to Jesus. All this authority. And he saw the power. If you're wealthy, you are in position in the world. In the world, you got everything, right? That's the authority. He says to Jesus, 
all this authority I'll give you. And their glory. So you got the authority and the glory I'll give you. For this has been delivered to me. Somebody gave me the authority, get the word, the authority and, and the glory of the world. They were delivered into my hands. That's what he said. And I give it to whomever I wish. I got the power. It was delivered to me. It wasn't mine initially, but somebody delivered it to me. Now I got it. And, and if you do what I want, if you fall down and bow, you worship me, I'll deliver it to you. I'll give it to you. I, I have it. And, 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 and look at what it says. It says, whomever I wish, I give it to. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. So that was Jesus' temptation. Now you have to understand. Jesus recognized that he had that power. And could deliver it. Otherwise, it won't be a temptation. Right? Jesus is God. Satan knew who he was talking to. He knew he was the son of God. And notice Jesus didn't say to him, say to him, you're lying. You don't have the power. It's not yours. He didn't say that. Because Satan really had the authority. He's still referred to as the God of this world. But notice what he has. He has the power or the authority over, but he doesn't really have it. It doesn't belong to him. Can you tell the difference? He has the authority, but he doesn't, he's not his. Let me explain that to you. If you read in Agai chapter 2 verse 8, the Bible says, The silver is mine. Okay? And the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. Now, in Psalm 24, verse 1, it says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Satan has authority to do whatever with it, but he, that's not his property. Get the difference? He has authority, but it doesn't really belong to him. God owns everything. And God delivered every, the power over what belonged to him. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The gold is mine, God said. The silver is mine. God delivered that, the authority to use his property that he created. He gave it to Adam. When Adam sinned, Adam delivered everything to Satan. Now, Satan had the authority. When God created the earth, he created the earth for man. You can have. But God reserved ownership. Can you understand what I'm saying? Let me put it this way. You buy a car, you haven't paid for it, right? <laughs> you call it your car, right? But we know who really has the car. <laughs> You're making payments, right? Maybe that, that's a better way to put it. You have the car, you can drive it, you can do whatever you want, but if you don't pay the bill, guess what? The real owner will come get it. <laughs> okay? It's clearer that way. <laughs> but this is what's going on. That was delivered. And certain till today, 
And I've, I've heard in, in certain circumstances, some individuals will actually, they, sold, they sell after the devil. You know about people who worship the Satan? And they're successful for a while. And guess what? They're gone. Very quickly, they're dead. People still doing that today. It's so funny, you know, in the United States, many, a lot of people are not aware about the occult. A lot of, sometimes Christians are not even, they don't even, do you really believe there is a devil? Some Christians thinking they're wondering, what church do you go to? <laughs> there is still devil. And people are still worshipping, there are certain worshippers here in the United States. They fast and they are praying against pastors. Pastor Roy, you better watch out, okay? <laughs> They actually fast for days, praying against pastors. And, and, and they actually believe that what they are doing will come against the church and put the church down. When I was in uh, Georgia, I actually had a, a fellow. That was, that was my first year in the United States. And uh, this was a kind of unusual situation. But this guy took a liking for me. And... Uh, He'll drive me out with this. I didn't have a car then my very first few months after I got here. And I, start, I proceeded to witness to him. And he says, good luck, I'm a witch. I'm a witch. I, I looked at him and I said, wow. I said, if you, you, you know, if you said that in the Old Testament, they'll stone you to death. <laughs> That's what I told him. They'll stone you to death. Because the Bible says, do not suffer a wish to live. He said, no, good luck, I'm a good witch. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. And I said, a witch can never be good. <laughs> I said, oh, yeah, I'm a good witch. And he said, I, I healed my mother of cancer, I'm not kidding you. And he said, I'm going to demonstrate it to you. He says he can move that window pane by himself without touching it. I said, you won't be able to do that, not when I'm standing in your room, you know, something like that. But then I got these three guys that got saved, Larry, Terry, and John. Three guys, they got so excited. They couldn't, what am I going to this story? I don't understand. But these guys, Terry, just young men in college, they were so excited, and it seemed like they wouldn't preach to anybody, only this fellow. They were always going to witness to him. And they told me one day he was banging his head on the wall because they wouldn't let him go. He finally took off. And uh, I think if that John or Larry told me we were not using a lot of wisdom, <laughs> they wanted to get him saved. I believe that kid will get saved someday. Amen? Amen. But Satan does have authority. Only in the world. Remember, he had authority through the law, of this, uh, the law of sin and death. That was how he could do it. But since Jesus came and took the keys, remember? He didn't have it. Not when it comes to the believer. Amen? He doesn't have it. Notice... Satan knows what's good. He wants to give wealth glory. But guess what God wants to do? Jesus rejected that. 
Because what God gives is better. Moses himself rejected. Enjoying the stuff of Egypt. Because he knew it was better to have what God has. So God has suspended that. And just like Satan, please understand. If Satan has authority to bring you wealth and glory, guess who has more? God. He was telling Jesus, if you just do that, somehow I'll work it out without you. Because he was talking to a man, right? I'll work it out for you. You will be very wealthy. You'll have glory and power all over. He was going to do that for Jesus. Jesus rejected it. Now, God has promised in his word, he'll do that for you. Can I hear an amen? God can do that for you. If Satan can make a promise of that, if you, all he said, if you worship me, this is what I'm going to do for you. To worship God is better. Because God will do even better than what Satan can do for you. Can you understand what I'm saying? It's, it's, Satan knew it wasn't a sin to get that. He knew that. The sin will be for Jesus to worship him, not to get that. Am I making myself clear? That's the thing. We need to recognize that. That God wants to give you that. But Satan wants you to go the wrong way to try to get that so he can destroy you. But there is a right way to go that way. Let me put that word. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And how many of these things? Half of these things? All of these things. All of them. Whatever you need, all of these things will be delivered into your hands. All of them. It says all of these things that the Gentiles are seeking and killing, stealing. All of those things that they want for themselves to have some comfort in life. He said if you seek God, if you worship God first, what is he going to do? All of these things that they are dying to get, he will be delivered to you. All of them. And we read this scripture and we say, oh, that's nice. How nice. And we go through life not expecting even a little bit of it. How sad. The best thing is to begin to expand my mind. Expand my mind. Start thinking, God can do this for me. God can help me to get a good life. When your life is good and God is blessing your life, the unbelievers will notice. They'll notice. You know, just recently my my younger brother came and visited with us. And uh, then I I called back home. He said, boy, God's blessing them. They're living well. Amen? God's blessing them. That's not what they used to say. They used to curse us out. <laughs> oh, yes. But by and by, and I'm very grateful to God. Can you understand? I'm very grateful to God. I don't listen to people. Don't let what people are saying hurt you. You know what you believe. By and by, God will take you to your promised land. If you don't stop halfway. These words are true. These words can make you and change your life if you will believe. Uh, people don't, don't understand. You don't, they just sit back and they just, 
Believing takes an effort. Amen. <laughs> Just trust, rejecting all these things coming into your mind and all the arguments against what you believe. It happens to you. It happens to me. It's constant. You say, no, I don't believe that. I believe what God says. And when the disappointments come, no, I don't believe that. I know God is at work. And sometimes he comes in a, in a way that you never expect. And you say, no, no, I still believe what God says, no matter what. I still believe what God, but God's going to, guess what? God never fails you. God will never fail you. For covenant people, for the people of the world, Satan, that's the one they have to deal with. But if you are a covenant person, you deal with your God. And he's going to bless you. The key word is to realize, above all things, when we say we are uh, Christians, what you are saying is you belong to the new covenant with God. That's what you're saying. And your high priest is Jesus Christ. It's like saying, I'm, a, I'm an Israelite or I'm a Jew. You belong to the family of the Jews. When you are a Christian, you belong to a covenant, a new generation, a new family. You belong to God's family on the earth. Understand that. You are part of his family. And every child of God is loved equally. Amen? God recognizes you. Now notice, God doesn't recognize man and woman. They are all sons to him. Because he's not looking at your body. The body can be male or female. Your spirit is a son. Amen? He sees all of us as sons. We're all like his son, Jesus Christ, every one of us. How would God treat Jesus if Jesus were living on the earth? Huh? He's going to lose his house? Huh? He can't pay his bills? Oh, Son of God, Jesus on the earth, can't pay his bills? Nobody's going to listen to that, right? You're part of his family. We are what? Joint heirs with Jesus. Even while we live on the earth. My people perish for what? For lack of knowledge. They don't know. They don't recognize. I really need to move forward because there are a lot of things I want to share. A lot of stuff here that we need to disabuse your mind. God needs you to have. Not because of you. Not because of you. There is a reason He wants you to have. It's not about you. Don't be selfish. Don't be thinking about yourself. You got to make a sacrifice. I need to move on because it's really important. For covenant people, Deuteronomy 8 verse 18, it says, And you shall remember all God wants you as you keep on, as you're moving on, always remember, remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the power to, to what? To get wealth. The authority to get wealth. How are you going to receive this authority? Is it going to hit you, knock you, knock you over? Yeah. You stand up and say, Woof, I just got the authority to get wealth now. 
No, the authority to get wealth is the biblical principles that he's given us in this word. And wealth, again, understand, wealth is not a dirty word. God wants you, why would God give you the power to get something that's bad for you? That's religion. God says, I want you to remember that it's God himself that's giving you the power to get wealth. He didn't say he's going to give you the power to be a millionaire. He says to get what? Wealth. We have to believe these things because there are a lot of words out there against the, word, the children of God. Well, I don't believe that prosperity stuff. I'm not talking about prosperity. I'm talking from the word of God. This is what the word says. And see why God wants this to be. He says, He gives you the power to get wealth. That, for, that's the reason. That He may establish His covenant, which He swore to your fathers as it is this day. Just right now. What is He talking about? The gospel of the kingdom of God. Is that not the covenant that we belong to? That's why we are on the earth. He wants you, the reason for the wealth is for the gospel. To establish this covenant, the new covenant, the new testament, all over the world. This very day, this very hour, while we're standing right here. That's what he's saying. I give you the power to get wealth so that I can establish this kingdom of God all over the world. The covenant that we have with God. You need wealth for His covenant in your life to be established. That's what it, and this is, these, are, these are not my views. That's scripture. And the Bible says, Be it unto you according to your faith. You don't know exactly what you're going to do, but for every soul, there is a boys. Amen? You are one man away from your miracle. If you believe God. He just brings one man around you and your whole life is turned around completely. Never be the same. Just one person. One person can step into the church. Just one person. And you won't believe what God's doing. It's just one person. So God is able to do that. Zechariah chapter 1 verse 17. It says, again proclaim saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, My cities shall again spread out. How? Through prosperity. Whose cities? God. What city is he talking about? Houston? New York? No. The gospel of the kingdom of God. Amen. God wants it spread out all over the world. They're hearing the gospel all over the world. Even in deep villages, people are able to go. How? Through what? Prosperity. God will spread out his cities. It says, for the Lord uh, will again comfort Zion. You know what Zion means? 
Zion is talking about the church. Zion for the Old Testament. The church for the New Testament. God will again comfort the church. And will again choose Jerusalem. And we're talking about Jerusalem up there. Amen? God will. You know what the word uh, comfort means? Synonyms for the word comfort. Means to ease. Luxury. Coziness. Relief. Well-being. Security. That's comfort. God said, I will again comfort Zion. Make them cozy in their living. Amen? Bring some relief for them. Some well-being for them. Again. Some security. Some luxury in their lives. Amen? That's what comfort means. God says, through prosperity, I will again comfort Zion. Comfort the church. I bless the church. In Isaiah chapter 51 verse 3, he says, For the Lord will comfort Zion. Again, the church. The Lord will comfort Zion. How is he going to do it? He will comfort all our waste places. Those areas in your life that's dead, that's wasting up. God says, I want to bring ease. I want to bring well-being. I want to bring security into it. He will comfort their wisdom. He will make a wilderness like what? Eden. That's a lot of wealth, right? That's a lot of relief. That's what God's promising His people. To comfort them. To comfort the church. And her deserts like the garden of the Lord. That's the garden of Eden. Joy and gladness will be found in it. Thanksgiving and the voice of melody. That's what God wants for His children. Amen? So we really need to believe. You are a covenant person. And if you are a covenant person, if you have been having some difficult time in whatever area of your life, God says, I want to bring some ease. Amen? You got to believe this. He wants to bring some coziness in that area. Some well-being in that area. So you, you feel good. And the Bible say, tells us, when God does all of these things, He wants to establish you so that they'll see what's going on in your life and He says, and they'll fear you. Amen? Fear not means dread of you. They know you're different from the rest of them. I remember when I got saved, the guy who brought me to the Lord, I could tell he was different from me. I told him, man, you're so different. You're different from me. He said, you can become like me. I said, no, you're not, not me. I'm too wicked. This is not going to ever happen. No, it's not, this is not going to happen. I think that was good. I said that to him because he never let me rest. He kept coming after me. And I'm very grateful to God for that. So God wants to. He wants to bless you. Let me talk about what I started with uh, last week. Uh, the, the, the place of wisdom. Wisdom. Now, I said last week that Solomon was not born with the wisdom that he had. Solomon himself said it. I can't handle this. I cannot handle this. 
I need, I need your help. I need wisdom. The wisdom that Solomon had was supernatural wisdom. That was an uncommon wisdom. It was supernatural. It wasn't enough. It wasn't a wisdom that he was born with. It was not earthly. It was not natural. It was supernatural wisdom that was given to him one night. One night, God gave that to him. And the Bible tells us that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Lord God said, I am the Lord, I change not. I don't change. What God did before, He can still do today. You may not have been born with that wisdom, but if you go after the wisdom, guess what? In one night, God can transform your whole life. Now, wisdom is the ability to discern the distinction between people, place, and things. Can I say that again? Wisdom is the ability to discern between pe- the distinction between people, place, things, and also with good timing. And God can give you all of that. That was all Solomon had. Solomon wasn't wealthy much. But when God gave him this wisdom, he could tell things that people couldn't see. And I said last time, these two women came. They both were claiming that they were the mother of this one child. And everybody was confused. How could you tell? Piece of cake for Solomon. Solomon said, I know the distinction. I can prove who, has, who, who is the mother of this child. Nobody knew what he was doing. He says, bring me a sword. I cut that baby in half. I'll give you half of the baby and you can have the other half. And the true mother, and that's what he was looking. He knew what he was doing. From the, he knew from the beginning. He saw the end from the beginning. Nobody in the room knew what he was doing. He said, bring me a sword. And he said, yeah, a sword. Cut that baby in half. Everybody, oh my God, how can you do that? And then the mother, the real mother said, no, please, give the baby away. He says, hey, give her, give her the baby. That's the mother. He's closed. Amen. Uncommon wisdom. And because he had that uncommon wisdom, he attracted wealth. Amen. People were coming from all over. People were coming from all over. He knew exactly what to do. He knew how to build. He knew how to organize. That's the wisdom. But again, he wasn't born with that wisdom. And the Bible says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him do what? Ask. Jesus was Solomon's wisdom. It was supernatural wisdom, right? It came from heaven. Guess who lives in you? How uh, You're so smart. <laughs> you're so wise. Amen. Jesus lives in you. Now let me read for, uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us, what? Wisdom from God. 
when you got that, what did Solomon receive? He received what? Wisdom from, and what do you have? Why don't you acknowledge that? Amen? You can solve any problem. You got the Holy Ghost. You can tap into the Holy Ghost. You just haven't focused. Remember what we said? Your mind needs focus. Amen? Your mind needs focus. I'm going to go there. That's what I want for my life. That's what I want for my kids. And as you direct your focus, you add your faith. The Word of God. God's going to get it to happen. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by His Spirit. I don't understand it. But don't lean on your own understanding. But trust in the Lord with all your heart. He'll bring it to pass. But all you need to do is trust. What is that? What do you really want? You need wisdom. In marriage, you need wisdom. The wisdom of God. In investment, you need wisdom. You need the wisdom of God. It's like the man I read about. He said, they said every time he had to do a business deal, he would tell us they're giving him the proposal because he was already wealthy. When they bring the proposal, he would tell them, just one minute, let me go into my closet. I'll see you. Just wait. He goes and he asks the Lord. And then he goes back and he tells the fellow, well, yeah, that's a good business. Let's, let's talk more. Or please don't come back. <laughs> this is it. We're not talking about that. He said, well, it's a good business. It looks good. Yeah, I know, but I don't want it. And he says he continued to prosper because he got that wisdom from Christ. You have the wisdom of God. Can you say that? I have the wisdom of God. It's there. It's there. The scripture cannot lie. Jesus became to us wisdom from God. There's nothing like an unwise child of God. It's not, it's, it cannot. They don't go together. It's always there. And because of that, you can prosper. You can prosper if you believe the word of God. You can be successful. I'm going to stop here tonight. Because, because it's about time. There's a lot I want to share. Because as you see the scriptures, these things are so beautiful. And what I wanted to go into is where Jesus was talking. Consider the lilies of the field. Remember that? The birds of the air. I talked about that last time. When I read that, it really shows the Father's love. He says, God takes care of them. And he says, are you not more valuable than them? And Angela and I, we like to watch National Geographic. And we see the birds, you know, and we see all these animals. And sometimes they are in a place and they, the rain comes and they have abundance. They're just feeding and reproducing and everything is fine. And then a dry season comes and things are bad. And then guess what the birds do? They migrate. God has prepared another a place of abundance for them. And empowered them with the ability to locate it. Can you understand? If you prepare the place for them, that's, they don't even think about it. They are busy eating. That's all they do. <laughs> and reproducing. That's, all, that's their job. And God is taking care of them. Birds. Birds. 
And he empowers them to be able to locate the abundance. They fly for miles. And then when they get to the place, they know where he's at, where the master has prepared for them. And that's why the whole world, the creatures, the things that have been made, they give glory to him. Because God's taking care of them. And Jesus said, are you not more valuable than this? The lilies of the field. They don't spin, they don't, but God clothes them. They are almost useless, Jesus said. Meaning, God truly wants to take care of you and your family. No stress. They don't stress. They don't say, oh boy, we're going to be hungry now. Dry season is coming. What are we going to do? No. They keep eating until it gets really dry. They go for their new location. Let me put it this way. There is a place called there for every man. You need to locate it. There is a place called there. When you get to that place, let God's wisdom guide you to the place called there. And when you get there, God will provide the abundance for you. I just need to know where to go. And God will guide me. He'll tell you, if you seek his face, that's what the Bible says, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock, the door will be open. You can't just sit there. You need to knock. You need to seek. You need to try to find. Seek, you will find. You need to ask. And Jesus continues, everyone who asks, receives. That means everyone who seeks, finds. And to who everyone that knocks, the door will be open. If it doesn't, if the door is not open, God cannot lie. The door will be open. The door will be open. So you just need to find your place called there. This is what uh, God told uh, Elijah. It says in First uh, Kings chapter seventeen, verse two and three. It says, "Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Get away from here and turn eastward.'" Maybe God is speaking to somebody today. You've been in a place, the job is not right, he's not paying you well, you know you need better. God may be asking you to look eastward. Amen. <laughs> so start looking. Ask him, is it time for me to get look for something else? You're gonna give me something better to do? Oh yeah. You got the witness in your spirit. And then begin to search. You don't have to quit your job immediately. Begin to search. Amen. And once you find the place, go. He says, he says here, get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook chariot, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be, it will be that you shall drink from the brook and I have commanded the ravens to feed you where? Right there. Your place is to find the place that's called there. And God will command even the birds that you don't like. And those, they'll bring the food to you. Amen? And take care of you. And when that place dries up, God has another place. He had one for Elijah. He said, now, get, the brook is dried. Now, get up. I have commanded a woman in Zarephath to take care of you. The, guess what? The woman didn't even know it. <laughs> that Elijah was coming. 
And Elijah didn't know exactly what she had. But they both were trusting God. Amen? And God took care of them. Amen? So there is a place called there, and God wants to provide you with abundance. He doesn't want you to go without. Notice it was God that told Elijah when the brook was drying out. We are not told Elijah was very worried. He just stayed there until he heard the next command to know exactly where to go. Sometimes we are so comfortable in where we are and God is drying out the... (laughs) But we're screaming, God, put more water. We need more water. Rain. God says, no, get up from there. Go somewhere else. Amen? Go to the place where I'm commanding you. Stand up with me tonight. You see, it takes this wisdom from God to be able to recognize that the season here is over. You understand? For everything under the sun, there is a season. There is a time. It takes wisdom. And the wisdom is connecting with God. This season is over. You don't have to cry about it. Just recognize the season is over. I'm going into a new season. But for God, for God's people, it's always from glory to glory. Can I hear that again? Glory to glory. Not going back. Glory to glory. That's your inheritance. What is your inheritance? Glory to glory. So I'm going to be seeing brighter faces later next time because God is blessing you and God is taking care of you. That's your inheritance. And that's the word of the Lord for every one of you here tonight. That's your portion. No one can take it from you. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Every tongue that rises up against you in judgment will condemn this night in the name of Jesus. It's your inheritance. It's the heritage of the servants of God. And you are, guess what? The servants of the Lord. And your righteousness belongs to him no man can bring condemnation or take anything that god has freely given to you no one can stand in his way no one no weapon can stand in his way that's your portion tonight i need you to rejoice be glad in the lord that's what the bible says he wants to do for zion comfort them so that there's joy and melody in the house of god even if you're having some difficulty just rejoice because your god will not fail you He's standing with you from the beginning till the end. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. You turn this way is green. If you decide to go turn the other way, it's still green. Doesn't matter where you turn, it's still very green. And he leads you in the paths of righteousness. For who? For his name's sake. And even though you're going through some difficult time, you're just passing through difficult times. Shadow of death, you're passing through. You're not camping. You're passing through. On the other side, God is preparing a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Amen. And then he anoints your your head, okay, with oil. And your cup is running over. Say with me, I have a cup that's running over. The world will see it. Amen? The world will see it. That's our benediction tonight. God bless you. Have a wonderful evening.